Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. I'm Adrian Weckler, and you're listening to The Big Tech Show. Jack Williams is co-founder and CEO of Belfast-based e-commerce firm Salazar. While the company made headlines earlier this year for getting the highest amount of venture capital in Northern Irish history, this week it was also in the news for less flattering reasons, having lost an employment tribunal case in London over claims of ageism. I sat down with Jack this week to talk about e-commerce, retailing, being a young CEO, and also about what happened in the tribunal case. I started by asking him what Salazar does. Salazar is an, a platform for e-commerce retailers, which takes all the pain out of setting up our operation um, and giving their customers the best shopping experience with super fast deliveries, lots of good communication, easy return solutions, um, and everything after the buy button, really, for an e-commerce retailer, uh, pre-built and ready to go at a click of a button. Okay. Does this involve opening your own warehouses? Sellers are, we, we open warehouses with partners, uh, but the retailers don't. The retailers join our network of warehouses uh, pre-established um, across the UK and now expanding across the globe. Why can't retailers do that themselves? Retailers typically can do, the, do it themselves, um, except we do it really well. Uh, economies of scale, uh, no downtime. We're working you know, 10, 20 different retailers from a single site, making us much more efficient um, than doing it yourself. We obviously have a large IT department, so we've got you know, really good tech that underpins everything, uh, and it's always developing the latest features and the latest requirements of our customers. And finally, for a lot of brands, if you're selling in the UK, the US, South America, Europe, you're going to have to open a lot of warehouses to cover all that territory efficiently, um, you know, reducing carbon, making sure things are getting there in, in a reasonable amount of time with minimum amount of transport. Um, that's not possible for a lot of brands unless they're at the, you know, the really the biggest in the industry uh, that have that global presence. So piggybacking mm. off a network like ours gives them access to uh, the same capabilities that those really large brands have um, that normally they wouldn't be able to you know, get access to. Mm. Well, who are your customers or what kind of companies are your customers? Oh, there's a, there's a real a real range. We work with pet food brands, beauty products. Um, we just signed up some um, homeware. Um, we've got clothing. Um, we've got vitamins and um, other other uh, health products. There's just uh, you know, anything that can be picked, packed and shipped to your doorstep. Uh, generally, we can service. Mm. Do you think we're about to enter an era of paid for returns? Looking at the current, current market, um, it's definitely moving that way. We've seen We've seen increased costs in the supply chain. Um, we've seen, obviously, during the pandemic, more users um, returning from home 
So previously, lots of fashion brands would have a lot of their returns coming back to store. Um, that changed during the pandemic, where nearly some brands, 100% of their returns went online, um, where it used to be maybe 30, 40%. Uh, we saw returns obviously massively increase because the bedroom became the changing room. Um, and that again meant that more people are trying on at home, returning higher volumes. Um, and finally, with the increased costs and that increased demand on the service, uh, it became a real drain on uh, um, and, and an increase in OPEX, so a real drain on profitability for firms. So what we've seen is those firms that have been affected the most, um, such as Boohoo, Zara, and a few others starting to introduce these these uh, fees back into them, because they were quite normal back in 2005, 2008. You know, people wouldn't bat an eyelid at a paid return. Um, and then, you know, come 2012 and onwards, it's been pretty normal to have free returns over, you know, if you're ordering more than 50 pounds or so, you'll have free delivery and free returns. Um, but with, you know, with the current climate, uh, the coming out of COVID, I think there's a, you know, a switch. Um, I do expect that free returns might return in the future, but at the same time, I think it, it's, we're obviously quite a uh, environmentally conscious brand. You know, we have no plastic packaging. Uh, we have a fully integrated return solution. And, and with that, you know, the charge actually reduces the volume of returns, which uh, from a waste, waste perspective is actually um, uh, a good thing. So um, well, it'll be interesting to see how the return market changes uh, and if, uh, if you know, paid returns is here to stay um, and uh, if brands start to adopt it due to the, the positive impacts it has. Where do you stand on whether e-commerce uh, is going to dominate versus physical retail? I've had different views from different CEOs uh, on this, ranging from a slow creep to a complete takeover uh, quite quickly. For things like clothes, for example, is there going to be a takeover of, of e-commerce for that? Or, or will we have physical clothes shop for, shops for years to come? I think there will always be a place for physical clothes shops, um, but I think they're going to become far and few between. Um, you know, most, most fashion brands are moving online. It's much more economical. Um, it makes a lot more sense for you know, uh, national delivery, domestic delivery across the UK and across the world is so fast now. And, and the price has generally come down. Um, so we're definitely seeing that, that transition. Also, if you consider the amount of SKUs now being held by fashion brands, there's no more, you know, uh, a very carefully selected uh, range of clothing. You have ASOS with, you know, hundreds of thousands of products and SKUs. You can't fit all of that choice into a um, into a, um, a high street store. It's just not possible. So there might be a place for the high street, you know, lower end brands, the Primarchs, the ones where um, it makes sense. Um, but there's definitely going to be a majority moving online and uh, um I would say, you know, high 80% of consumption moving to uh, to online over the next five years. 80%, that's a very high figure. Yeah, I see I see 80% of fashion moving online and only 20% remaining on the high street over mm. in the next five years. Mm. Uh, fueled mainly by COVID, but um, also the other challenges that brands are facing. Now, you mentioned carbon footprints and sustainability, but isn't the delivery of individual items over e-commerce and returns generally bad for the environment? Generally, uh, the delivery of individual items, yes. Um, you know, the, the packaging materials, you're, you're using carbon to transport those. You know, vehicles are burning diesel, et cetera. However, you know, brands that are conscious about this, there's, there's many ways to, um, to reduce that impact. Um, we're seeing lots of solutions, um, such as the same-day delivery of bike carriers, next-day delivery of bike carriers, localizing stock, which is something we're quite passionate about, 
which is having more warehousing and distributing your stock so that the goods are trans uh, are being traveling sorry i'll repeat that uh, the goods are uh, traveling less distance um, and also the returns are traveling less distance they're within a five ten mile radius of your house uh, where possible um so you can make e-commerce sustainable um it does mean you know increasing storage costs replicating stock close to consumers um but um the impact is zero uh, carbon neutral and uh, zero impact deliveries and if you eliminate the plastic and uh, the waste as well um you, you can make it uh, you can make it have a positive effect rather than negative negative what's it like to be a ceo at 29 hard uh, <laughs> it's challenging i think uh you haven't been there and done it before um typically a lot of new scenarios arrive um, and you have to have a great team around you you have to have good um good peers that can support you in those times because you haven't experienced everything the world has has to throw at you um and especially um through covid that was all all new to everyone so even your uh, even your peers and some of your advisors weren't too sure what was going to happen um so every day is a school day definitely uh, being a young ceo but on the positive i think you know you're 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 coming at it, at it new you're not you know you're not bogged down by you know, we've been doing that the same way for 20 years so it's just the way it's done which a lot of the logistics market has been for a long time spreadsheets and you know it just it, this is how it's done because it's the way we do it um and it's nice to actually challenge that and use some of that kind of uh, a fresh set of eyes perspective uh, to drive a bit of change our tech startups are characterized as being very high octane they mean kind of aggressive and very fast moving a lot of tension is that right is that right um i wouldn't say it sellers are we have that as much i think we definitely have strain on people there's a lot of you know we've got a lot to do there's always finite resource we always need extra team members you know there's always growing pains uh, and everyone has to work hard in the startup um to achieve the you know the the targets we set i think startups notoriously set the bar very high for themselves and then there can be a lot of uh, drain on individuals to achieve that and uh, that's why it's important you have you know good rewards for employees um good uh, good services healthcare you know um a, a good work life balance that you promote um and also reward them you know having share schemes and other things so when you know you can they they succeed when you succeed um and it's not you know it's not one sided but it's never easy for staff of a startup but i think with some good management you can mitigate some of those um some of those issues sure now th- th- there is a question that i have to ask you it's all over the mainstream media um in the last few days y- your company lost an employment tribunal case where you were found to have told a 55 year old female colleague quote to calm down don't let the hormones get out of control yeah um you know, Salazar and myself are really disappointed with the decision of the tribunal, um, and we dispute the claim. You know, uh, we dispute the claim uh, and the alleged reports of what was said. You know, we're an equal you know, opportunity employer, um, and we've lodged an appeal last week against the decision, as we feel you know it needs to be reviewed. Um, and apart, apart from that, there's not much more I can say at this time. As legal mm. are still proceeding, um, but you know, it's a uh, um, it's, it's where we are currently. I, I mean, you understand why I'm asking. We we hear about the tech industry. It, sexism is, you know, quoted as, as an issue. Ageism too. You might want to go into the details of this case. In general, would you say that sexism and ageism is an issue? 
80% of the Salazar senior management is women. Um, and that's Salazar. I can't speak for an industry as a whole. Um, you know, we, we employ people of all ages in, in Salazar. We have you know, a, a range of people here. Um, and that's Salazar. I can't speak for the whole industry. I don't know what other companies are, make up, are made up of. But I can say you know, quite comfortably that that's not an issue here at Salazar. Hmm. Okay. And you have offices in Belfast. Where else? Belfast, Medellin in Colombia, um, London, Nottingham, and soon to be North Carolina and the Netherlands. So uh, lots of offices opening up, which is which is great. Mm. And do you find a culture difference in, in any of those offices and those workplaces? I think there's always a slight difference. Um, you have the foundations of a company's culture. And when we go to things like Colombia, you know, there's some some great things in their culture that I love. You know, we have every day they all eat lunch together. You know, they're very social. Um, they, you know, they go out in the evening. It's very, it's very different. Um, you know, their work life and personal life are kind of interlinked uh, more so than we in the UK, where we very much separate our our work and personal lives. Um, but I think you know we we have a, a strong core culture that we deliver to all offices, and we allow the local uh, the local teams to add their own their own uh, their own uh, I guess nuance to that culture to fit the local office because uh, there are you know there are cultural differences and uh, and that's as we expand globally that's going to you know, continue to be the case now you raised a lot of money um what do you think what are your plans for Salazar over the next couple of years Salazar we're, we're obviously expanding our network our services um to really become the leader in uh e-commerce fulfillment on a global level helping brands to become more sustainable uh to target new markets and expand outside of a single territory um and, and empower brands to grow. You know, we've got new capital services. Um, we've just launched, I think, news coming out in the next few days of the extended credit terms up to 90 days and other services really to, to fuel the retailers' growth who join our network. Um, and that's, that's our aim. That's, you know, that's our underlining ambition of the company. And how would you describe Northern Ireland and Belfast as a place to headquarter that business? Belfast has been, I moved to Belfast in 2018. Um, myself and my partner had the option to move back to London in 2020. We opened the London office um, and I got a very hard no from my partner um, who I had dragged over to Northern Ireland. Um, it's been great. You know, the, the amount of talent here in Northern Ireland uh, is amazing. The, the support you get from Invest and I uh, and the local community for startups I would say second to none. Um, and we've been really supported in our journey from 2018 to where we are today. And I would say you know, a vast majority of that is because of uh, the, the structures, the support groups and uh, the people here in Northern Ireland. So yeah, no, we're, a, we're a Belfast headquartered company and you know, it's going to remain that way. Jack Williams, co-founder and CEO of Belfast-based Salazar. Thank you very much for joining us on the Big Tech Show today. And thanks also to Gavin Hennessy and to Tabitha Monaghan, who produced today. And for me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, this has been the Big Tech Show. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you the same time next week. Bye-bye. 